Welcome back to the Hourglass of Isabella. As promised, this is part two of the Astral Projection series where I'm discussing some of my adventures out of the body. And as we kind of discussed all the details of the kind of what Astral Projection is, OB, etc. in the other podcast, check out part one if you haven't. But I'm just going to jump straight back into it. So I want to talk about my third real experience with actually having an out-of-body experience and I recall that I left my body very easily. I was in a state of sleep paralysis. I floated right up and out and again I had that mission. I was like, I'm going to go and see the halls of uh, Amente. Like that's the mission, right? And so I'm focusing like on travel and I'm going and I'm going real fast and as I'm flying through, like, what I've been told by other people, and everyone seems to see the halls of Amente differently, like, it's presented differently to every single person, interesting enough. Um, or some people, like, some people see it, for example, as, like, a pyramid, you know, or more commonly, like, a library, or a big library in it. I thought it was really interesting because I was expecting to see a pyramid. I think that's because that's what... Darius J. Wright, the other chap who does the Obi, that's what he has kind of seen it presented as. So I was expecting to see this pyramid, right? And it was really interesting as I'm flying through, I can see this gorgeous, like, big English estate. And what's really interesting is in England, if we have an old estate, it'll often be called a hall, right? Like, um, Crimson Peak is like. Aladale Hall, I think is what it's called in that in that movie. But I saw the halls of Amente as a hall, right? Like an English hall, a big manor house. And I thought it was super interesting. Like, oh, that kind of makes sense with the brain work there, why it would like, considering I'm originally from England, why it would be presented to me that way. That absolutely makes sense. I'm so excited to get there. I'm flying towards it. But much like an oasis, like, you know you'll see these, if you're in the desert and you're thirsty and you've been walking for days, you'll see these illusions in the desert, like they call it a mirage. And like, the closer you get to the water, it just disappears because it's like a ripple on the surface created by the sun. I noticed every time I was getting close to it, it was suddenly further away. And no matter how hard I tried to like catch up to it, it just kept going further and further away. And I just realized at some point that I wasn't going to reach it at that point. So I diverted, I took a left, and there was like a beautiful kind of, it almost looked like a carnival set up on the side of this green hill. And I could see these people walking around, like I guess you'd call them like spirits, like they kind of had light forms, like they were beings of light, I suppose, but some had very human forms. I were recognizable but either way like I hadn't talked to anyone yet in the OB realm and I didn't know what the etiquette was so I was like really scared of actually stopping or talking to anybody even if I could see them so as I just kind of flew by I was like hello nice day isn't it <laughs> so I didn't know what the fuck to say you know and so I keep moving and then I notice I'm losing altitude again just like last time and I'm worried I'm about to get flung back into my sleeping body and so I'm losing altitude, and I get down, and I'm like, I'm just going to try walk. So I get down to the ground, and I'm walking, and suddenly I'm in this very dark, 
pathway that's very autumnal, like there's leaves scattered on the floor, everything is very grey and dying and decay sort of thing, and I'm walking along and I'm just struck profoundly by how lonely it is. And so I think, well, I better just try and fly again, and I jump up to like go fly, but I can't. And I try again and nothing's happening. It's not like when I'm in a lucid dream and I can just command myself to fly. I just couldn't seem to do it. And so then I started to get a bit panicky, like this fear thing that they talk about, like fear is a mind killer, right? I became very afraid and I suddenly had this horrible thought of what if I can never get back to my body? What if I stay out here and I actually die in real life, my body dies and I remain here and I'm all alone and I can't get out of here. And I was really scared. And I remember that I sat down in this little path and I started to cry because I was really freaked out. And then I thought, well, you know what? If I can get through walls and stuff in lucid dreams, and I've done it once in the OBE realm, I can get out of this. And so I remember very purposefully trying to force myself through the ground as I could just push through. But I was met with this very real sensation of suffocation, like real suffocation, the feeling of like if someone was smothering you with a pillow, and it was so terrifying, like at that moment, I woke up out of my body, sat upright, gasping for air, and again, I had that feeling that I always seem to get with the OBE when I leave it and I come back into my body, this lingering sense that I'm dying, and it's very frightening. So I jumped up out of bed, went downstairs, you know, and talked to Michael again about that experience. Um, but I didn't put me off. It was like my first sort of slightly negative experience with the OBE, but it didn't put me off. You know, I was like, I've got to try this again. I've got to get to these damn also mentally. And I realized, obviously, I don't know enough about this place. I don't particularly, I haven't found any guides, no ancestors have come to me as of yet. I was like, maybe I should just try talk to somebody. Maybe if I talk to someone else, one of those other beings next time, they will help me out. So I went with that with my mission. So the next time that I went in, I kind of like got out of my body and I was like, okay, take me where you will kind of thing. Like, take me where you will mind. Like there was no specific destination in mind. And in Robert Munro's books, the guy who first really wrote about OB, he talks about a specific area. He calls it Locale 2. And it's like an area that if you're not really thinking too much in your OB, you're your body will just naturally drift to is the concept and that this area is just like a meeting ground like with some physical aspects like there's still some sense of like physics there and there's still some things that are familiar to earth or concepts that we would have here visually and it can present itself again just to every different person in a variety of different ways so i was kind of in an area similar to what he was describing I could see as I was flying this beautiful, the most beautiful blue crystal water I'd ever seen. The reflection, the shimmering reflection on the surface of this water was beautiful. I just, I could, I was so taken aback by how much more beautiful it was than anything I'd seen in the real world, you know, on here on Earth. And as I'm going by, I can see there's kind of like a little building, a white building with this outcropping, and I see two people, and they're talking to each other. And I'm like, great, I'm gonna go and ask one of these people for help to get to the halls of 
a mente and they will like tell me how to do it. So I fly down, I kind of land down to where they're both standing and they are in the middle of a conversation. But weirdly, I can't hear them. I like just like in the beginning when I had my first OB that I talked about in the first podcast. When I first OB'd, I couldn't see anything, right? And then I suddenly had vision, right? In this one, I couldn't hear anything. And so I'm trying to communicate with them and I'm looking at them and they're both presenting as like masculine, as male energy. One's like kind of like a middle-aged guy and the other one is like a younger male. And they're very engrossed in this conversation, but they both turn to look at me rather awkwardly and I'm like, can't hear them. So I start pointing to my ears, just like, you know, can't hear you, like as if you were deaf and you point to your ears, like indicate that as signing. And then I just hear it all of a sudden in my head. They talk to me and they say, you don't need to speak here. And I realized they were talking with telepathy. Like we always hear about in the movies and stuff, this crazy concept of mind talk. Never experienced anything like that in my life. And they were just talking to me, you know, with their mind. Like it was just having a conversation, just like that. So I realized in the OBE realm, two people can have a conversation and you necessarily won't be able to hear it because they're doing it telepathically to one another, which is what I interrupted. And then they opened up, talked to me, and I was like, oh, hey, you know, I'm really sorry to bother you guys. And one of them was just like, you're not from around here, are you? And I was like, no, you know, I'm just really looking for this place. It's called like the Halls of Amente. Like, can you, can you help me to get there? And the one guy kind of sighed and rolled his eyes a little bit at me. And he said, all right, you know, he said, yeah, he said, come with me and I'll take you there. And I said, great, thank you so much. Thank you. And in my head, I remember I had a very specific thing. I was like, haha, sucker. Like I found someone who's gonna help me to get this thing. I don't need a guide, he's gonna do it. And then it was interesting when I came out of the OB later, I was talking to Michael. He said, well, do you know what succor actually means? Like not sucker, like you're a sucker, like S-U-C-C-O-R, succor. And I didn't know what it meant. So if you want to do something after this podcast, look up, look up that term, because I couldn't believe how synchronistic it actually turned out being of this guy helping me out. And so we're walking along, and as we're walking along, I'm like, can I change my appearance? Like you're looking like you're a kind of middle-aged guy. Can I change my appearance? And he's like, yes, you know, you can, appear as anything you want to, essentially, here, whatever you want. And I was like, oh, cool. I was like, I want to get a Red Riding Hood outfit. So I looked down, sure enough, I was wearing like a really cute Red Riding Hood outfit as we're walking through his forest. And it's really cool. And I'm looking at him. And because in lucid dreaming, I'm used to be able to manipulate the environment or change what the characters are wearing. I'm looking at him and I'm super thinking in my mind and I'm like, and you're going to look like a wolf. And I'm really focusing. And he's just kind of looking at me like, what are you doing? And I was like, well, I, I want you to, I'm wearing a red riding hat, it's probably really cool if you look like a wolf as we're walking along. He was like, it doesn't work like that. You know, like, here, in this realm, like, you can do anything, you, your, your creation is limitless within your, yourself, as is mine, towards how I present myself. And I was like, oh, okay, cool, you know, thank you so much for that, like, I really appreciate the, you know, I'm trying to learn the etiquette or whatever, because sometimes I feel very awkward and all this stuff, and like as I'm saying this, there's actually a part of, I'm not going to tell the next part of this OB, um, because it was super personal, weirdly, and I just, I cannot 
talk about it for some reason here, I just can't talk, but as we, that very personal thing occurred, um, I became aware that I was getting pulled back to my body, like an urgency to return to my body, and sure enough, I woke up and my arm, I'd rolled over on my side and my arm had gone numb, like if you ever sleep on your side and your arm's numb. So I was like, oh shit. And then I tried to get back into OB and I, at that point I couldn't. So I was like, damn, I was like, am I ever gonna make it to this damn hall? You know, I like really wanna check this place out. And so that, just, it almost became a point of focus and obsession with the OB. Like every time I would go in from now on, it was to try and get to this place. I remember once specifically, I went back to like that locale two place and this time it was presented to me as a kind of, um, a city urban area of like a market place and I'm walking along and again it was that sense that it was almost like I wasn't not that I wasn't meant to be there but people were aware like if I would try to talk to other souls or entities or whatever you want to call it I was aware that I wasn't kind of they're like very much you're not from around here are you kind of thing there was one guy who told me he was like go home he, he specifically told me he's just like go home you know very abruptly and i was like oh okay so i went around the corner and i saw this beautiful train station with a train and just recently i had watched a movie it's actually an animation really gorgeous animation i think the closest thing anyone's ever done to getting close to what an ob is actually like and it's called a Night on the Galactic Railroad, and it's about these two characters, they're like presented as like these cats, and I won't spoil it, but it's very much about the afterlife and life after death and a journey, the crossroad between the living and the dead, and it's just so beautifully done, and it was just like that train, so I got really excited and I ran over, and I climbed on this train, and there's like a conductor in the train, and again, there are all these souls sitting on these seats and I'm like hey I'm like can you take me like to the halls of Amente and he just the conductor just kind of looked at me like that's not where this train goes you know what I mean like that's not the purpose of this thing he's like but if you want to sit on here you certainly can and I was like okay so I sat down with these other people and the train starts moving and as I'm looking out of this window I'm seeing the most beautiful things I've ever seen in my life I'm seeing like you know, the swirling galaxies and the Milky Way, and then it's going into like dark valleys, and I can see all these hillsides. On the hillsides, I can see all of these souls sitting next to each other and talking to each other. And some of them are just pure beings of light. They look like in the shape of a person, but it's just a blinding, beautiful, brilliant light. It's like they're their own little, I don't know, like a light bulb, like a what light bulb, you know what I mean? And it was so pretty. And I just remember, being like so excited to be seeing all of this stuff and I was like oh I really want to see like fireworks and I asked him I was like is there any like fireworks we could see he's like well if you want it just create it with your mind and so I looked out of a window and there were the most beautiful in the dark night sky most beautiful fireworks I've ever seen so much more vibrant than anything in this world and I was like wow this is this is so cool, you know? And I'd also heard that like, people oftentimes have like a name, like you're known as another name in this other world. And so I kept asking people on the train, I was like, do you know my name? Like, and they were, some of them were just like looking at me like I was crazy, like no, you know? And then there's this one little childlike entity, it's like a small, 
ball of light, you know, very innocent, childlike entity. And I was like, do you know my name, Sing? And really sweetly, he was like, I know your name. And I was like, what's my name? And he said, here in this room, you're known as Pap. And I was like, Pap? I was like, that's a lame name, like P-A-P, like what kind of nickname? He's like, well, it's, it's short for Papillon, which is French for butterfly, right? It's French for butterfly. And I was like, oh, okay, that makes so much sense. That is beautiful. And I was like, thank you so much for like imparting that to me because I'm learning about all this etiquette and all this stuff over here, you know? And I was like, well, you know, guys, I think I'm just going to leave because uh, I really want to find like this halls of uh, a mente place. Like, I've really got to check it out. So I'm just going to leave. So I thought, because I passed through walls before, you know, like in the bedroom wall here physically, where I am in this bedroom, I've gone through the wall. I was like, I'll just pass through the wall of this train. And so I was like, see ya, you know, and literally in cartoon fashion, I go to this wall and I just hit it. Like, it's got the rules of physics there. And so I just, and it was so embarrassing. I just remember being so embarrassed as I kind of fell over and walked up and everyone's looking at me like I have no idea what I'm doing, like why is this person here? I was so embarrassed, I like willed myself back to my body out of sheer embarrassment because I didn't want to be there anymore. And that was how I ended that particular OBE. Um, and so the next one is kind of one that's a lot more profound and beautiful I feel because at this point I was getting really you know, stressed out about this Halls of Memento thing. And it, it was becoming a bit of a focal point of obsession to like find the Akashic records and stuff. And I didn't know anything about what these things were, by the way, beyond what I'd heard on like Darius's one podcast. That was like the sum of my entire knowledge of any of it to the point where the next time I went into my OBE, I remember I stood there and I was like out loud, like someone talks about their guardians. I was like, guardians, guardian or, or relatives, ancestors, come to me, and nobody would show up, and that's one recurring thing, a very lonely thing that I've noticed in my OB is I'm always very much alone, I've never really actually had a guide or someone to help me, I've never seen any of my past over relatives or friends or anything, I always have a very profound uh, sense of loneliness sometimes while I'm there, and I was just in this dark space, expansive kind of void, and nobody came to me and I remember being very sad and disappointed about that so I decided again I had to go and find someone else like that's the thing I have to go find these other people and I came across as I'm whizzing through this um very tall elderly like light and it almost had a kind of I don't know how else to describe it like Who's the guy in Lord of the Rings? The guy who's like the wizard Gandalf, right? You know the wizard guy, he's like very, he's got long white hair. Had that kind of energy to it. So I thought this guy seems as a, like a sensation of great wisdom attached to this soul. So I went over and I asked him, I was like, hey, you know, I'm really tired and I've been doing these things for like a week now and my sleep is all messed up and I'm, I always feel like I'm dying when I come out of these things and it's really stressful and I just really want to find this place, and this is the first time, and I realized in all my other previous ones, I've correctly saying it now, but in all of my previous ones, I was saying it like this. I was like, I want to find the halls of a mentee and to see the Akasha records. And I realized the reason why I was saying that is my roommate Giovanni had a dog that was called Akasha. So instead of saying Akashic, I was saying Akasha. And likewise, if you have seen Queen of the Damned, 
right? Um, the vampire, right? Her name is Akasha. So I was saying that and I'd misheard just like in my first OB, I called Darius Darren and his name was Darius. I was saying halls of a, so I told Scott, I like, I really want to go to halls of a mentee and I just, I just can't do it. And I want to see the Akasha record. And he sat me down and he gave me a real dose of reality. And he said, very calmly, he said, how can you ever expect to go to these places if you don't know what they are and you don't even know how to pronounce them? He said, it's the halls of Amente and it's the Akashic records. And I said, oh, I was like, oh my God, thank you so much. I just, I didn't know, I'm sorry. Like, I'm just, I'm so new to all of this stuff and I'm just trying to learn it, you know? And he said, stop worrying about it. You know, he said, when you're ready, you'll go there. And with that, he stood up and he pushed me. I mean, this guy pushed me and I literally just like flew back into my body. And I sat upright in my body and I went downstairs. I sat with my heart, I had a little cry because I got really frustrated. And I was just like, I got schooled. I got owned in the OB realm. Like this guy just like pushed me back into my body and told me I'd been pronouncing it all wrong and that that's where I can, and that, you know, when the time is right, I'll do it. But I was like, I just felt so naive and stupid. And, and every time there's this recurring feeling I have when I'm there, but I'm just so lacking in the knowledge required. And it's like, the more time you spend there, the more expansive your knowledge becomes. And there are certain things you can do. Like I've noticed there when I'm alone, I can sing. And in real life, my singing voice is not that good. But when I'm there, I can sing like an angel. And it is the most amazing feeling. And likewise, you know, you know how like some people are dyslexic and they struggle with spelling or reading. I've always had this thing where I've been dysnumeric, so I've always struggled intensely with numbers. Even basic multiplication like times table or addition, subtraction, long division, any of it. I can't, I can't, I understand the principle of it, but my brain, physically that part of it does not work for whatever reason. I cannot do even the most basic of sums. And when I am in the OB realm, I realized the other day, I can do all the math. Like, it's the strangest thing. I'm suddenly very aware of numbers and things in a way that I cannot do or take with me when I'm here. So I thought that was a super, like from a scientific standpoint, I thought that was a super interesting thing. But after that experience with the Gandalf guy and he like, he kind of owned my ass there, I was like, you know what? I'm gonna take a break from this. Like. I have to stop it. And I actually was trying to will myself not to have OBs because I just wanted to get sleep. And I was so tired, you know, and that was when I started having like, so a bit more scary ones, I think, like, because I didn't want to be doing it, but it was sometimes, it took about spontaneous OB. It was just kind of like happening, I think because I'd been doing it so much. But there was one where I was like in this different realm and it was all kind of, um, it was like the light was very orange, the atmosphere was very orange, and it was like almost this planet that was very industrial. There was a lot of wrought iron, and they were the most terrifying creatures I have ever seen there. I was cruising through, and the one thing I thought in my head was, for the love of God, don't land. I don't want to talk to any of these creatures. Like, they look so terrifying. The only thing I can relate it to is if you've ever watched the animation Rick and Morty, there's like a 
episode for Pinhead where they take the creatures to like this realm of torture and they're all like, you know, wearing these outfits and have pins in their heads and it's just crazy and screws and stuff. It was just like that. It was just like that. And I just remember being like, and luckily I didn't land, I will say I didn't land or anything, but that was a scary one. And then another really terrifying one was I had where I was like in this kind of, um, it's like a construct. And I realized later it was a construct of my own making. My brain had created it. We talk about the soul trap, where if you're scared, you can like, it's not that you're actually being trapped. Your brain wills itself into being trapped in an area. And so I was like inside this like padded square box, basically. And it had like pale blue padded walls and I could pass through the walls to get out. But every time I'd pass through the wall, I was in another square room and then I'd pass through that wall and they were identical and it just kept going and going for what felt like hours and I could not get out of it and I thought, oh my god, what if I'm going to be trapped here forever? Like, I just will never get out of this box kind of thing. It was very much like if you've ever heard of the back rooms, you know, it's like these kind of liminal spaces that are terrifying and lonely and I was just so alone and afraid and I just kept passing through these walls and again I was stuck in this place and I remember I sat down and I just cried and I was just in tears and it was really just profound and, and terrifying and eventually I just realized I was there of my own keeping like I was the only thing stopping me and it was my fear that was keeping me in that place and so eventually I was able to get out and return to my body but it was terrifying and then another account I went back in again spontaneously and I was just again in this, like this void like space and I just remember asking the same thing like if there's anyone there like I just feels when I'm sometimes here I feel so alone deeply alone and if there's anyone there who can come to me or guide me and I even asked I have a friend of mine who passed away and I asked if they could come to me like I wanted to see them so badly nothing no one came and I was just there alone for quite some time actually with my thoughts before I decided to leave and return to the body. So that's that's kind of like some of the experiences that I've had so far. Some have been beautiful and some have been fun and silly and others have been terrifying. And some have just really been very lonely um, and I am kind of working through it and I have been trying to actively take a break from it. Successfully, I will say for last week, also, especially last few days, I've not had any OB. And in fact, if I catch myself starting to leave my body, I just put myself right back in and I go back to sleep. And on a positive, I will say, the more that I've been doing this, and I hope this helps someone who is going through this fear thing, is that the more you do it, the less afraid of it you become. And when you start to wake up and come out of it, you no longer feel like you're dying. Like the last few times I've done it, I've just woken up like normal, no problems. And I am so thankful for that portion of it but yeah that's some of my experiences so far i'm really excited to uh have this interview with um darius coming up here in november and i have to go pack so i've got to get on over to new orleans to run this wonderful event and i hope that you guys have enjoyed listening to um some of these interesting like out-of-body experiences and i hope that if you try to astral project or experience it yourself that you get to have them and maybe just maybe if you do we can hang out and have tea in the astral realm 
So without further ado, take care and good night.